0: Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn.
1: Hello and welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. My name is Davey and I'm your host. Joining me, Emily, my co-host. So great to have you.
2: Thanks. I'm glad to be here.
1: Emily, here's yes. one question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Have you been to the Indiana State Fair yet?
2: Oh, my goodness. He, it just opened not up. Not yet? Well,
1: by well, the time of your listening, yes. probably, right?
2: Let's clarify. Yeah, by the time you're listening, I have been there.
1: Yes. But by the time but that we're in recording, in reality, you I haven't. have not
2: been yet.
1: Man, I love the, Twilight Zone. the State Fair. <laughs> I hope every listener in every city has some kind of a fair like this. Yes. But I know that it could not rival the Indiana State no,
2: Fair. No, because the Hoosiers just know how to fare. you know?
1: It's true. It's mm-hmm. very true. It is like one of the biggest state fairs around. I have no substantiation <laughs> like, for that statistic whatsoever. The biggest state whatsoever. fair in our state, for The sure. biggest <laughs> state fair of <laughs> the whole country. Again, no substantiation for that statistic right. <laughs> we whatsoever. We don't
2: have any references. <laughs> However,
1: any with, let's be honest. Indiana is all, when you're outside of Indianapolis, it's all cornfields and all farmland. So naturally it's going to be an incredible state fair It's a really fun fair. It's so fun. What is your favorite thing to do at the fair?
2: Well, so let me, let me answer that question in a weird way. Um, I would say. I would
1: expect nothing (laughs) less from you, Emily. (laughs)
2: From me, right. (laughs) Um, I would say before I went to college. Okay. My only interactions with the state fair was state fair band day.
1: State Fair Band state Day, Fair band as day. in like, 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 or like band, like, like marching band, right? Like marching band, high school yeah. marching so band. So every
2: single year, they do a state competition of marching bands okay. at the Indiana State Fair, and it's called State Fair Band Day. And so from I keep
1: thinking you're saying State Fair Band Aid.
2: Band aid, <laughs> yeah. no, dear, band aid. Okay. Please continue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I marched at the State Fair Band Day uh, from the summer after my eighth grade year through the summer after my senior year of high school. Nice. So, yeah, that's a big thing that I associate with the State Fair. What did you play? What instrument? Uh, I played alto sax my first two years marching, and then after freshman year, I switched to tenor sax.
1: Why have we never talked about this? You know I played alto sax as well.
2: I did know that, actually, yeah.
1: well... (laughs) Maybe we have talked about this and I just don't <laughs> it's remember. Okay.
2: It's all right. No worries. <laughs> saxophone's the best instrument. It is. It's true. So it's it's fine. true.
1: Okay. So, marching band in State Fair. Yep. Now, your experience with now, State Fair is a little bit different. It's a
2: little different so, because I can actually. At least like, I hope you don't walk, walk through the, the State fair.
1: fair with a saxophone in your hand <laughs> I marching by yourself. I
2: actually, this is kind of sad. I sold both of my saxophones, my alto oh, and my tenor, no. to pay for our wedding. Oh, no. But it's fine. Someday, hopefully, I'll have one again. Um. Sorry, Kenny G would note, be proud. The State Fair. <laughs> yeah, Kenny G. I Um, <laughs> I love the corn at yep. the State Fair. Yep. So who has the booth? Is it uh who I don't even remember don't who know. has it.
1: There's like the you get the whole ear of corn. Yeah, it's, it's a like whole dipped ear in butter. Of
2: they dip it in like a vat,
1: a vat of, butter. of butter.
2: And then they have like salt and pepper shakers out and you can just season it however you want. And it's the most delicious corn in the world.
1: Let's be honest, a vat of butter is a delicacy. By itself at the yes, state fair, true. Like they have like fried, they literally have fried butter.
2: Yeah, they do. As an I've never had thing. it though. Have you?
1: No, I haven't. I, I was a little bit scared don't know about if that. I can do it. So the corn is your favorite thing.
2: Corn is my favorite. Um, Kent grew up on a. They didn't really have a pig farm, but they raised pigs, and so I really love going and seeing all the pigs at the state fair. Yes. Plus, they have these like. Really big <laughs> pigs at the fair. Uh, huge. So there's always like a huge mom that's like feeding all of her babies, and then there's a huge guy pig too. Yes. Which <laughs> <She's>...
1: <laughs> no comment on the on the male. How did you no, know it was a male pig?
2: How did you... What? Oh, okay, you
1: knew you knew it was a male pig.
2: Yeah. So what's oh, okay. your favorite part of the fair?
1: <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the fair is probably all the fried food. Yeah, I okay. like no holds bar will. Abandon any clean diet whatsoever on fair night, like to yeah. go to the fair, or what any nights I go to the fair. We don't. We normally go a couple nights, but mm-hmm. fried food is going to be the thing that I'm going after. So like fried Oreos. Okay. Love the fried Oreos. Yeah. Uh, fried Pepsi. What? They have fried Pepsi.
2: That's weird. Isn't that crazy? Does it still have carbonation?
1: I don't know.
2: It's like Pop Rocks.
1: <laughs> it's never made me gassy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just it's it. I I don't know if it's like the instead of it being like fried in a vat of butter, it's fried in a vat of Pepsi. I don't know what it is. It's just like a donut hole kind of thing that's fried in a vat of Pepsi or something. If you fry
2: Pepsi, write in and tell us how.
1: If you know how to fry Pepsi, (laughs) actually, better yet, if you know how to fry Coke, because let's be honest, Coke is way better than Pepsi. Coke
2: is like my drink. After church on Sunday. There it is. Like when I get done with church on Sunday, I'm like, where's my Coke? I have to have it.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. State fair memories. Hope you guys also have state fair memories. Yes. All I think about when I think of the pigs is Zuckerman's famous pig and Charlotte's Web. Classic. And so every time I go to the fair, I I try to create the story for my kids now.
2: Do you wear overalls to
1: the fair? I I don't, but I should. That'd be cool. Actually, I should wear overalls and march down the road with my saxophone. I think yes. that would be a perfect. <laughs> if you do experience that. Take here. some
3: pictures.
2: Okay, I have one final fair right, question one, for you. All right. This I feel like this is an essential question to okay. ask. Are you a funnel cake fan or Ooh, an elephant ear eater?
1: Wow. Okay.
2: Those were good alliterations. That is also. a
1: fantastic question. <laughs> I am most definitely funnel cake.
2: Okay, me too. All right. We can still be we friends. can totally
1: agree on that. Now mm-hmm. I do like elephant ears, but I always grew up with funnel cakes. We okay. would go to Six Flags in Atlanta, Georgia. Every summer, multiple times, and the last thing we would get after we let or as we're leaving the park is a funnel cake. Yep. We wouldn't get it beforehand because we'd puke it up everywhere from <laughs> riding the roller coasters. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure we learned that lesson one time and decided no more before we go on roller coasters. But as we're leaving the park, funnel cake. So it's definitely nostalgic. Yeah. Have lots of memories toward that. Yep. Um, and I do know that Amanda was a elephant ear fan. Okay, so I did not know that. We totally disagreed on that. I know that but um, yeah so she was a huge fan of the state fair we're a huge fan of the state fair Christy and I go to the state fair we're excited about taking the kids this year it's going to be a lot of fun hope you can go to the state fair you should make a trip to Indianapolis just to go to the Indiana state fair
2: you should that would be a good bucket list addition
1: (laughs) what we have today for you in our interview is um, a former Hoosier yeah she went to Taylor University Mm -hmm. right and she has Honestly, one of the most—I don't even know the adjective to describe it. It is bizarre. It is Mm -hmm. a bizarre story. Yeah, It is an unbelievable story. Um, But I do think the gospel is laced throughout this story. I mean, it is quite incredible. Um, I don't want to tell you anything about it because I want her to unpack it for you. But I do need you to know that when her story initially um, occurred and then went to press— uh, it was the subject of a two-hour episode of Dateline NBC. It was on the Oprah Winfrey Show. It was a segmented feature on the Today Show. Uh, the book that was written about this story, um, from all the families involved in it, was on was was first on the um, New York Times bestseller list for a couple weeks. Mm. I mean, it it was a story that gripped a lot of people yeah. for for a while, um, and it's. We have today an interview with one of the people involved in this story, and that's Whitney Wheeler, right. and um, it's the story of Mistaken Identity. And it's uh, just a powerful, powerful interview. So I'm, I'm excited for you to hear this, and you're going to definitely want to lean in for this one.
2: Yeah, I think one thing that makes me excited to share a story like this um, is that it feels kind of personal, like mm. um, with it being really heavy in the media, Uh, It's Mm -hmm. always really great to hear, I think, an inside perspective on uh, what story we would like to tell versus like what story the media sometimes portrays. So I think even for us to be able to sit down with uh, a fellow friend who has experienced tragedy in her own life and help her um, share her story, uh, even outside the media, not that the media has portrayed anything bad, but... um, it's just always a really great opportunity when we can share stories alongside right. what's, you know, coming through yeah. TVs or whatever that looks well, like.
1: Well, I mean, the reality is, is that uh, the media has created a reputation about um, trying to garner a headline mm. and and clickbait and reviews and stuff. And so, unfortunately, um, we have been subject to this. Other people have been subject to this that um, people will exploit because of right. that. And so... Um, Fortunately, there are some really great people in the media too, yeah. and uh, we've made some really good friends in those spaces as well, who really do want to honor the story um, and want to. And then there's a lot of great believers who want to honor yeah. the Lord and honor the gospel through it, and those are the ones we really like.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and and but no matter what, I like to be able to give people the opportunity to tell the story because from their vantage point especially those who are following the Lord, they see the kingdom in it. They see the gospel in it. They see what God is doing in it. And, um, and, and that, that was, has always been, and was when initially our story, um, and our tragedy happened, that was our heart was to make sure that people saw Jesus through the whole thing. Um, because no matter what we go through in life, and I need you to hear this, if you're listening, that no matter what we go through, Jesus can be glorified. He can be lifted up. People's lives can be changed by your testimony of how Jesus is working in those, um, in those stories. And so I I wanted to make sure, and we wanted to make sure that that was the case for our story. I know that's the same for Whitney. and I'm excited about being able to hear her, uh, talk about that in in just an honest way. So.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why this podcast exists, right? We just want to continue to point, um, to Jesus in the midst of our stories. Right. So right. Um, I wanted to read a, a podcast review uh, with you guys um, from, and I'm probably going to say this weird, so I'm just going to spell it instead. Um, it's from Kai Love 77 um, And she says, uh, what a devastating story Davey has walked through and shares authentically with his pain and the healing he's walked through, but also with hope. Um, This person says they've just started digging into the other stories, how brave and how inspirational. And I think that speaks to like it speaks to, to you as you share your mm. story, but also to everyone else who comes onto this podcast and shares their story right. um, that these people, including Whitney, they're brave and they're inspirational. And then she says, thank you for honoring Amanda and for glorifying God through stories, mm. hard stories where God may seem absent, but he's showing up and he is merciful. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's why we do this exactly because it. God shows up and he is merciful.
1: Yeah. And really that's that is what this has evolved to, into. And this is what our hope is, is that we're giving life to other people's stories. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be about our story right. solely, but if God can use our story to give life to other people's stories, and if we could highlight those so it continues to give hope to other people um, who are listening, and uh, there's thousands of you listening, which is mm-hmm. really humbling. It's an honor to be able to um, speak in, to your life in little ways like this. But we're just excited that you're um, being impacted by this. Thanks for sharing those things with us. Keep sharing those things yeah. with us. Email us if you, if you need any help in any way. We'd love to help. Hello at ResonateIndy.com. Keep rating and reviewing the podcast. It certainly helps. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we just love being a part of this community.
2: Yeah. It's cool. I feel like one question we get often is, um, how can people help? with the Nothing is Wasted podcast or how yep. can you be involved? And uh, there's actually three ways that I would mm-hmm. love to encourage you uh, to either pray about being involved with or to step in in boldness yeah. and be involved with. But the first one is prayer. Um, yeah. Praying for the podcast is always something that uh, we encourage and something that we're doing a lot is just praying that Jesus's hand would continue to be in this ministry as mm-hmm. um, we're able to connect with people who have incredible stories um, of God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um, so join us in prayer. Um, the second one is kind of like with what Davey just said, um, share this podcast. Um, we're finding that that's the way that a lot of people are finding out about this podcast is from you, Mm -hmm. our fellow listeners who Mm -hmm. are saying, Hey, I listened to this story and it's blown my mind and it's changed my perspective. So, Hey friend, listen to this too. So share the podcast. And the third one, um, is give. So it it does cost Mm -hmm. to produce this podcast and, uh, to, to get other people on to share their stories. And so if you feel like that's something that God has put on your heart to, to mm-hmm. give to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, uh, first of all, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And second, um, you can join us in that way by visiting um, davyblackburn.com slash give. And there'll be a drop down menu to give specifically to the Nothing Is Wasted yeah,
1: podcast. Yeah. And everything that you give is tax deductible and it goes straight into the ministry that we're doing right here. So thank you so much for those of you guys who have. It's um, an honor that you would partner with us like that. Yeah. Um, And without any further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Whitney Wheeler. Whitney, Matt, great to have you guys on the podcast. Thanks for joining me.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you.
1: Okay, so uh, before we dive into your story, I'd love to hear about just where you guys are at, what your family's like, kind of what what does um, what does the Wheeler family look like right now?
4: Well, uh, we've been married about eight years now. Mm-hmm. We have three kids: Zach, who is six; Rebecca, who is four; and Samantha, who is three. Uh, we currently live in South Bend, Indiana. Um, I, yeah. Are you an mm-hmm. Irish fan? Are you guys Notre Dame fans? Michigan fans. We are just oh, by location. You're going to have
1: by a location. lot of trouble living in South Bend if you are Michigan <laughs> yeah. fans. <laughs> yeah. We're but Notre
0: I, Dame fans when we need to be. But I work <laughs> at
4: Notre there Dame, so it works. There you go. <laughs> so I, I teach ROTC at Notre Dame okay. right now. Um, so I've got Michigan stuff up in my office at Notre Dame, so it's great. <laughs> Matt, and you were, you're,
1: you're, you're still in, obviously, this uh, armed services. What branch are you in? I'm in the Army. You're in the Army. Okay. And yeah. um, interestingly enough, I've, we told our listeners this in the in the close of this interview, but you guys were connected to our executive pastor back in Fayetteville, North Carolina. This really mm-hmm. cool yeah. thing. Really cool yeah. thing that there's a military... That military community is like a... It's a it's a huge community, but it's also a small community. It's amazing how many of you guys are connected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So cool. All right. Yeah. So you're in South Bend. Um, you guys are... Uh, you're, Family, Whitney, what are you doing right now? What's going on in your life?
0: So, I'm a stay at home mom. I have, we have the three kids, and two are at, one is at school and two are at home still. So, our oldest boy is going into the first grade, and the other two girls are like preschool age. So, they're just, we're home all the time. You have your hands full. (laughs) Yes. And then I'm also doing, at nighttime, I'm doing online schooling to get my master's in school counseling.
1: Cool that's Mm -hmm. so cool that's so cool i'm sure a lot of work (laughs) oh i i bet i can't imagine it um we you know we have two little ones four and five and it's just uh it's everything we can do just to kind of keep the house somewhat organized and clean and keep things not being disarrayed and so i you know where you guys are at right now that's a fun space to be but i'm sure it's very hectic and chaotic yeah it's really cool and uh you guys are a part of a church up there really pretty well-known branch of a church, right? Harvest Bible, great church. Um, It's one of the, uh, started from Chicago, James McDonald's church. Mm -hmm. And so that's really cool that you guys got connected. And I got to watch your story. Uh, We've got several different places of connection, but your story is a very unique one. Um, And man, God is all over this story. It's such a cool thing. But can you Mm -hmm. take some time and just walk us through that? You know, start a little bit, um, wherever you want to start at the beginning, or however that uh, that that whole story began to pan out, but just walk us through what took place and and um, kind of what God was doing through all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, so when I was 18, I was going to Taylor University, which is a small Christian school in Upland, Indiana, and I was working um, just doing banquets that year and where we would serve food, we would set up, we would take down just like a waitress. And um, there was a group that was asked if we could go up to Fort Wayne and set up at a campus up there. So our van with five students and three faculty, we were coming back from Fort Wayne and we were five miles away from campus and our van was hit by a semi-truck driver Mm. who the semi-truck driver had fallen asleep at the wheel and he had crossed over the median and he had hit our van. And it was a very messy accident. And a lot of people, five people had died on impact. Mm. And um, there was one body, one of the students that was struggling to survive. And that was me. They took me, my body, and Laura's ID, because her ID was closest to my body, mm. and our, we kind of looked alike. Yeah. So just a quick glance, they thought I was Laura, and they took me off in the ID, or they took me off in the helicopter, mm-hmm. and I was ID'd as Laura Van Ryan. And then there was four students left that had died on impact, mm. and one of the bodies was Laura. Everyone else was easy to identify but then the one there was one blonde girl that was like the same size as me and she didn't have her correct id she had Whitney Sirach's id Mm. so she got tagged as Whitney Sirach and um the the coroner like agreed with it and he called my parents and said, we're sorry, but your daughter Whitney has died in an accident in Marion or close to Marion. So Laura's parents went down to be with what they thought that was their daughter at the Fort Wayne hospital. And they said, your daughter's had a brain injury. She's swollen. She's going to look different. Don't expect her to look the same. Mm. And so they walk in and they see me who looks similar to their daughter. Right. So they never questioned it. And why would they question it? Because that has never happened before.
3: Right.
0: And you wouldn't expect like a doctor or nurse to tell you a lie. So they didn't know. Um, And then my parents, they never saw Laura's body. They never identified Laura's body. Mm. It was just because that wasn't the image that my parents wanted to have in their heads. So they just chose not to. Mm. Um, So... Just the confusion happened right then. And because of the brain, I had a brain injury because of the impact. Um, and a brain injury can just change you from mm-hmm. like the inside out. It changes your personality. It changes how you look. It changes your, it can change your eye color. Like
2: mm.
0: all these crazy things that the brain does. And so three weeks I was in a coma with the Van Ryan family. Wow. And... They didn't know that it wasn't Laura. They had Laura's friends coming to visit and no one said anything. Wow. So many people from Taylor. And then when you come out of a coma, you come out of a coma very slowly. Mm -hmm. So I could hardly open my eyes. I was hardly talking. And I was still with the Van Ryan family, but I have no memory of this. Mm. But then things just started to come up that their daughter wouldn't say my doctors kept excusing it like well because she's had a brain injury she could remember things that Whitney Sirach was saying if she was sitting by her in the accident mm-hmm. so um then just something came up that I think they asked who are your parents and I said Newell and Colleen Sirach mm-hmm. and they're like La- Laura would never know that um so then they just decided to have like dental records done because they, they knew that, it, that I wasn't their daughter. And so they called my family up in Northern Michigan and they asked to have the dental recor- records of Whitney. And then they saw the, that the mix-up had happened. And so my parents and sisters came to be with me in the hospital in Grand Rapids, and then Laura's family was hit with like the hard reality right. that their daughter had died five weeks ago. Wow,
1: wow, Matt. What during this whole process you were um, somewhat, you know, present, involved, and w- what was that from your vantage point? Walk me through what you were experiencing through these three weeks that Whitney was in a coma.
4: Um, so. So I had, you know, I was, I was working on a paper when I found out at school and, uh, you know, someone came in and was like, Hey, you know, asking me if I, if I, if my sister, cause they thought my sister was at Taylor. So like, no, my girlfriend is like, well, there was a major accident. Um, you know, what, you know, have you heard anything? I was like, no. Like, what was going on? And they were like, they were coming back from a banquet in Fort Wayne, and I knew that Whitney was at that banquet, mm. right? So like, the initial stages, you know, just panic right. is in your brain at at that point, and you're just kind of like, you know, what happened? What happened? I'm calling her phone, calling her phone, no answer. You know, it just keeps ringing. Yeah. Um. So, I. I get, I call my dad and I tell him to go over to the Syrax house to find out what's going on.
0: Because we're from the same town. Yeah. yeah. We
4: grew up, up together. Town. Right. And, um, so, you know, he's like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And I'm, I'm headed to my car, you know, to get in and drive over to Taylor. And then my dad calls me with the, the news that, you know, Whitney had died. Um, and it was, You know, like anybody that loses someone they love, it's complete loss and anguish in the soul, you know, like um, and I just kind of fell on the ground crying. And, you know, and I got in the car and um, I had the unfortunate, you know, knowledge to have to call all of our friends and tell them tell them that Whitney had died, um, which was which was really hard, too. And, you know, I'm, um, and then three hours later I get to the hospital and I see Carly, Whitney's sister and, you know, we're all, it's, we're all just crying and balling together. It, it, it was almost like, like a part of you had was taken away yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, and you know, during that five weeks, uh, you know, I, I, push the casket. I spoke at Whitney's funeral. Um, I did all of those things and it just like, it's hard to remember that five weeks because you're in such emotional, you know, know, you're so distraught and, um, feeling helpless that, you know, you just don't know, know what to do. Mm. You know, I, there were times where I, you know, my mom would come out and I'd be sit- sitting on the porch, um, just crying at like two, three in the morning. And she would ask me, you know, why don't you, why don't you go into bed? And I was like, cause every time I close my eyes, you know, that she's, I think that she's still alive. Yeah. And I think this was God's way of telling me that she was because mm. every time I closed my eyes, I had the same dream. And it was like, I was, looking at a casket when was in the casket, but her chest was rising and falling with breath. Hmm. And, uh, and so that like haunted me for those five weeks, you know, as you yeah. can imagine. And so, um, yeah, just complete helplessness, um, but also an extreme time of beauty. Um, and it, it was the only time I'd ever seen the church, you know, operate fully as the church. yeah. I remember going up, going up for the funeral and uh, to Whitney's parents' house, and I could barely walk in there because the house was filled with people and everybody was singing praises. Wow! And it was just like a beautiful picture and a beautiful sight and something that I won't ever forget yeah. for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, like times of those hard despair. It's right. Every emotion going through you at yep. once—joy, uh, sadness—you know every, everything you can hope for. You know when you have your hope in in Jesus that you're, you know that they're in a better place. But yeah. your your worldly view is is hurting because you're without them. Yeah, absolutely, man.
1: So you've—I mean, Matt, that's an. Uh, what an interesting thing to walk through all of those levels of and stages of grief, and some of the hardest grief there is—you um, know, to lose somebody. Um, it's never timely to lose somebody, but lose someone in such an untimely way. You know, someone so young with your future and your hope, your dreams, everything in front of you, and then you're walking through this for five weeks. You preach at yeah. her funeral. You're carrying the casket. What was it like when the news began to unfold that Whitney wasn't really dead? What what happened there? How to, describe that to me? Because that I can't imagine the gamut of emotions that you you know you went from the depths of this despair. I imagine to just I mean, what was that? What 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 happened?
4: Yeah. So um, so yeah, I do I do want to say. You know, like, as a disclaimer up front, is we we love the Van Ryan family yeah. so much, um, and that was another way that I really saw the church mm. uh, in them, and that, regardless, obviously, it's going to take a while after finding out that Whitney was still alive uh, for you know the seracs to come down. Yeah, right the van Ryan still never left her side. Wow. Um, and just that love and, you know, showing God's grace there is just unbelievable. Uh, any normal person, even the regular Christian would have stormed out of that hospital. Um, but they would say, Hey, your family's coming, you know, like comforting Uh her Mm -hmm. staying there. Just, that right there is a picture of god's grace and love, and they are just an amazing people wow. um, so i I just wanted to to say that because I know that can be confusing for absolutely. listeners too
1: um, absolutely well i can't i mean I can't imagine from their side of things how they felt yeah. they went you know this like obviously this anxiety and worry over what they think is their daughter in a coma and then to see her come out of the coma and then to realize it's not and their daughter's actually passed away in it i can't imagine yeah. that either but mm. like what you said for them to have such a depth of jesus's grace in their lives that they would stay next to whitney's side that is unfathomable i mean it's yeah what a beautiful picture of that and yeah. i know in all of this and we maybe we can talk about this a little bit in a little bit i can't imagine as you guys are walking through some of the feelings of probably i would imagine probably some some feelings of guilt not you know not that you should have feelings of guilt i think that's but that's a natural thing that would take place almost the survivor guilt
3: mm-hmm.
1: that um you know you were alive and i know i've faced that a lot when I, when I lost Amanda, was like, why wasn't it me? Why couldn't I have been the one that was at home? And um, I would have gladly have given my life for Amanda in that. And so I imagine there's a lot of emotions that you're wrestling with in that. And probably even in that moment, Matt, where you're finding out the good news about your girlfriend at the time almost being resurrected is what it probably felt like. yeah. But also this, this like immediately after that feeling, this like sorrow for the Van Rynes, You know, I just can't imagine that. Talk, talk to me about that yeah. a little bit.
4: So um, there's a there's a campground in in Michigan, Michigan called Spring Lake Camps, uh-huh. and um,
0: Spring Hill, Spring Hill, <laughs> Spring, Hill,
4: Spring yeah, Lake Spring is Hills. where we used to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um,
0: we lived, we lived in Spring Lake. Yeah, <laughs> uh, or
4: yeah. So Spring Hill Camps. Sorry. Um, And I was, Whitney was like, hey, go, you should work here um, and whatnot. And so when the accident happened, I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work at Spring Hill Mm. um, because Whitney really wanted me to. And so I I decided to go do that. It was, and there were were people from Taylor that worked there and stuff too, people that, you know, was in classes with Whitney uh, Mm. that I had met during the first day or two of kind of training. Um, and so I, I was like a skateboard instructor there Mm. for little kids. Um, but I was out at like in an area and this is, you know, before cell phone towers were like every 10 feet and you could get signal everywhere. So I didn't have any signal, nor did I carry my phone on me all the time. Like we do now. Um, so I, a guy that, you know, was friends with Carly, uh, Whitney's sister. Was his name's Brendan? Mm. He comes out there and goes, "Hey, uh, you, you need to come with me." And I was like, uh, "What's going on?" He's like, "It's something with this Cirex. Um, You just, you need to come with me and uh, and, and get a hold of Carly." Um, and I was like, "Well, you know, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me what's going on. You're like, what else has happened, you know?" Mm. And he's like, "Look." I know you're not going to believe it from me. Um, but, but Whitney's still alive. Just come with me. And i I'm just thinking like, well, my first thought was I'm probably going to hurt him. Um, my second thought was, you know, uh, I don't understand. Like I, I was there, the casket sitting over, yeah. you know, about to go down to the ground. I've seen the tombstone. Like I don't get it at all. Did she crawl out of the ground? I just don't understand. Um, and so he's like, No, just come with me. So we got in the golf cart and we rode back to my phone, which is about five minutes away. I called Carly. I'm like, Carly, what's going on? She's like, Hey, you're not going to believe this. Whitney's still alive. I was like, Carly, I just don't understand. She's like, Well, you want to talk to her? And so within five minutes of finding out, I hear just like a mumble. mumble. Um, through the phone, and I just I fell wow. on the ground, just bawling um, uncontrollably, as I think everyone can understand. Yeah, at that point. Um, but we were like an hour away from where Whitney was at, so I got in the car with another one of our friends from um, from home, which her name was Tara. And we drove down to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I got to make all the calls again, wow. but this time telling everyone that Whitney was still alive. Um, nobody believed me, of course, uh, but, you know, it's just it's like all those emotions again. Yeah. You know? But but now even more so, I'm just thinking like. If she was. If no one recognized her for five weeks, like, what does she look like? Mm. Is she disfigured? Like, I'm just trying to figure all of this out. Yeah. And have, like, I'm extremely anxious, right? I'm extremely nervous to right. walk through the door. And then when we get there, obviously the hospital hospital's like, oh, no, just wait here for a few minutes. And we're like, just, you know, just oh, let man. me in, you know? <laughs> um, but when I walk through that door, um, I instantly knew, and I just I broke apart. Wow. Wow. Man. Whitney, how,
1: how long did it take for you to begin to understand, as you're coming out of this coma, begin to understand all of this that had taken place, that yeah. there was a confusion in the identification of things, that the Van Ryans were still there with you? I mean, how long, what was that as you began to understand all of that?
0: Yeah, so... I don't remember the accident happening at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even remember getting back in the car. I remember like having dinner with everyone. We went out for pizza after we set up the banquet and then we lined up to like Mm -hmm. get back in the car. And that's the last thing I remember. Um, So when the first thing that I remember on the other side of like the coma, the accident is like being with my family. I just remember crying a lot when I saw my sister and my mom Mm. for the first time. And I, I didn't know why, but I was, I just thought that I was stuck in a bad dream because Mm. I didn't remember any of it. I, like a few weeks earlier, I had worked a banquet at Taylor university with the same group. And so I remember them driving me back to my dorm and I like tagged that on to working the the banquet up in mm. Fort Wayne. So I'm just, I remember being, I don't know, it was probably a few weeks after I came out of a coma or after being reunited with my family and Matt yeah. that I started to ask questions because, and they started to, they hid everything from me. They like hid mm. the newspapers, the TV. I wasn't allowed to watch anything just because they didn't want me to find out that way. And then, I started to ask questions and I there was two nights. The first night was finding out that I was really in an accident and I was so like upset that night. Mm-hmm. Um, finding out that everyone, like a lot of people had died.
3: Mm.
0: And I just, I think that survivor's guilt started to like yeah. creep into my mind. I still thought I was in a dream, and I was mad at everyone that was in the room with me because they were making me so upset. Mm. <laughs> but then the next night, I don't even know how this came up. Um, but then I asked; they somehow I found out about the mix-up with Laura and I, and I didn't understand it. I mean, it's confusing for even me to tell, yeah. and I don't have a—I mm-hmm. don't have like a head injury right now, mm. so like. 12 years ago when I did have a head, head injury, it was like impossible for me mm. to understand. Um, but then a few days later, I met Lisa Van Ryan, so that mm. was Laura's older sister, who I'm still really close with actually. Mm. And um, I, it was like I met her for the first time. I had never seen her before. I didn't know anything about her. And um, I feel like then I met the Van Ryan Don and Susie. Mm. A couple of days later, and the Lord completely shielded me from the accident, from even being with the family that I had no idea mm. who they were. Because um, I was, I was friends with Laura, but like, you just pass each other on the sidewalk and you say hi to each other, kind yeah, of friend. Right. She was a senior when I was a freshman, okay. so um, I had no idea about her family. And then I met them in the hospital, and I just. I just thought they were really nice people and then wow. I found out about the mix up and our relationship with the Van Ryns has just grown like immensely
3: wow. yeah wow mm-hmm.
1: man I mean what a what a testimony to them and their yeah. faith and their trust in I mean God's providence and sovereignty and
3: all of that yeah. um,
0: I was just gonna say like if you weren't a Christian and you like met the Van Ryans you would want to be a Christian just because of being around them. Like they make, they make you want to be a better person. They're just an amazing, an amazing family.
1: Yeah, man, that's incredible. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Hey, I just wanted to take a second and interrupt this interview to tell you about Thriving in Trial, a nothing is wasted handbook that I've just released in ebook format. Over the last year of interviewing people on this podcast who have walked through hardship and adversity, I've noticed 10 consistent themes, 10 common denominators, if you will, that have helped people find healing in their pain. I wrote my book, Nothing Is Wasted, as a memoir narrating the journey of healing God took me on after my wife, Amanda, was killed in November of 2015. While we're waiting for that book to be released, I wanted to distribute some practical content that could act as a companion to Nothing Is Wasted, the book. That's why I wrote Thriving in Trial to give you practical tools to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. Jump over to davyblackburn.com to download your copy of Thriving in Trial, a Nothing Is Wasted Handbook. As, as you guys have, I mean, well, that was 2006, so 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. As you've walked out these last 12 years, um, I imagine it's probably uh, on one level. You're like, I don't want to keep telling this story because it's not the whole of who you guys are, right? Mm-hmm. Although it's a fan, it's a fantastic testimony to who God is and who you guys are. But um, how how do you feel like God has shown you over the past 12 years uh, through this story who who He is and what He's what He's doing? What has He taught you through a lot of this stuff that you guys have? Because this is a A lot of complexity relationally, a lot of complexity as you're sorting through even like why God would allow this kind of a thing to happen and Mm
3: -hmm. choose to
1: insert you in the middle of all of this. What are the things that he's been teaching you about this?
0: Well, I think right after the accident, I was going through survivor's guilt like crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just, I was in, I think it was right after the the act, like I was still in the hospital and I was just crying to my dad and I was like, why me? Like all these other students, the staff worker, they were like all amazing people. Why, mm. why was I left? I don't understand this. And I was really upset. And my dad was like, Whitney, why not you? Mm. And like to think how amazing these people were and, um, how much they had already done for the Lord. Mm. And like that, the Lord saw like this week, Girl, me, and it was like I can use her. Like she's uh. so she's so weak. I could use her,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh. um, I feel like it's it's taught me a lot about his strength. And when I, there's no way to explain that. Like I was the only student left, and there's no way to explain me getting up and speaking in front of like thousands of people. Mm. Um, but it's always Lord's strength that carries me through. So I've like had a lot of dependence on him, mm-hmm. which I don't think I would have learned so fast if I wouldn't have been in this accident.
3: Yeah. Wow.
0: And then I've just learned, like Matt was saying earlier, like what the church is and like, and reading in, in acts and mm. like what the church was designed to be and like how to make it now, you know? Right. And I've just learned through, I just feel like my eyes have been totally opened in a different way. So in each phase of my life, I feel like the Lord is speaking new volumes. Yeah. And like in North Carolina where we lived with pastor John, yeah. um, he like him and his wife pepper, they were the first ones to like really encourage me to speak. I had this big speaking engagement and I didn't know what to <laughs> do. And they actually helped me like so much. And I feel like from that time is like when speaking kind of took off mm. and there's nothing I could explain about like, I I really don't enjoy <laughs> speaking in public. I have like a, a big trouble with that, like not stuttering and mm. like getting my words straight. And I get up there and the Lord like does amazing things. Mm. Even 12 years after, This accident, he can still, like so much glory is brought to him and so much honor, like where it's due. And I just, I'm just amazed by the Lord. So I, to answer your question, I feel like he's just, he's taught me so much. I don't even think I could put it into words.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. Well, what I see in you over Skype is this simple gratitude for life and a recognition of who gave you that life. Mm-hmm. And that you're like now pouring your life out for Jesus because He mm-hmm. has given you that life—not just eternal life, but you know, even almost like a—I don't know—it might sound weird to say, like even a second chance here on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, but and you're choosing to steward that to help other people, mm-hmm. and I think that's amazing. Um, I want to commend you for that. That that that's exactly how you should pour your life out. Um, that you should, you should continue to tell your story because it, it is impactful. There's so much um, just testimony to the goodness of the Lord in your story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and you're going to help a lot of people through that, even continuing forward. I think that's a really cool opportunity and platform that God has given you to do that. Thanks, Davy. Matt, what, what do you, how would you comment on what the Lord has taught you? Cause you have a man, what, a, what an incredible perspective and vantage point that you have. I keep going back to this like, it's almost like Lazarus being raised from the dead. You know, Like I can't imagine, I, and, I, and I think it's because there were so many hours and nights and days that I hoped for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. just even emotionally putting myself in your shoes, what are the things that God was teaching you and has taught you over the course of the last couple of years through all of this?
4: yeah um it's really hard to put together to be honest um you know and i i kind of would like to go back to that time because i think i've been taught so much just from that little Mm. time frame um and and and, you know i had mentioned you know everyone praising and and, Mm -hmm. and praying together and just what the church would look like and then um you know, even from just seeing how, you know, the Van Ryans still loved like yeah. Whitney, regardless of the situation, you know, yeah. was such a demonstration to me and what God's love is yeah. and looks like. Uh, and even for her parents, you know, like here they are, they've lost their daughter and. you know and no parent should ever lose their their children Mm -hmm. um and how like i think now how hard that would be i can't you know like i can't imagine that part um but they still loved everyone you know Mm. before themselves um and the the actual like how god's love is carried out um is completely different, you know, and and, and I, I think I said this on the video we did for our church, and like her dad had had said it to me before too, but you know, Whitney was dead. Mm-hmm. Right. In my mind, my view, she mm-hmm. was dead. Um, and then when I saw her for the first time and she was alive, it's like and how dead we are in our sins mm-hmm. and how you know that joy that um i felt in just that sadness and ever all those emotions on how much more god feels when we repent of that sin mm, wow um like i think i learned more from that time frame which has carried me through years of you know deploying to afghanistan and iraq and um Many other trials and tribulations in my life that I've been able to cling on to, Mm. you know, that hope and that everything that I felt and learned and experienced uh, during that time that has brought me to a deeper understanding for Mm. sure.
1: Wow. Um, What a, that's like the, it's this, it's the simple gospel. Like what, mm. what an amazing, I think so many times the world perceives God's, you know, character and, and the, the fact that he's just against sin, right? And He's wrathful against sin, that his wrath is poured out on our sin. I think they perceive that in the wrong way. They focus so much on, and we can tend to focus so much on this feeling of like, God's angry at our sin. It's mad, he's vengeful, he's, you know, and forget about the fact that you, the emotion you just mentioned right there, that he is that's that's not all of who God is that he is this loving father who as Luke 15 tells us is pacing on the steps waiting for his lost son his prodigal son to come home and when he does when he repents of that sin he is overjoyed and elated beyond even description. And you experience that. What an incredible thing to experience and taste Mm. that. And to see God as a whole, from a whole different facet. He's not a God that's mad at us. He's not a God that's trying to get us back or punish us for something that we've done wrong, but a God who's trying to bring us back into relationship with him because he's so overjoyed about his kids.
3: Mm. What an incredible,
1: I just, it's so simple, man. It's so and you get mm-hmm. I'm like jealous of the taste that you got of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think you did you have learned a lot about what grief feels like and the sorrow and the anguish because of what you walked through, but then you've gotten to see kind of the other side of that that though joy though weeping tears through the night, joy comes in the morning. That's your story, mm-hmm. you know? That's your story. And that's all mm-hmm. of our stories too. I I think it's a uh, no matter where we're at, no matter what situation we're in, that story of resurrection is true of and can be true of all of us. Um, it, not necessarily in the same way that you guys have experienced it, but your story is a symbol of the resurrection power of Jesus. Mm. Um, and I think that is, I think that's one of the things that as I'm sitting and listening to you guys talk, is reminding me because there'll be so many people that probably have come up to you and probably have come up to the Van Rines and have come up to me and said, man, you're so, and you inspire me so much. Mm -hmm. And I want to look at them and, and I often do and say, please don't be inspired by me. (laughs) Be inspired by God. Because when Mm -hmm. you experience the depths of anguish, you Mm -hmm. also experience the nearest um, presence of God that you'll ever experience when you are in Christ. He, Mm -hmm. he really is near to the brokenhearted and he really does carry you. And, and he's the one that gets the credit for what maybe you're seeing coming out of Mm -hmm. me or coming out of the Van Rines or coming out of, you know, the wheelers. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's God that you're seeing. It's not us. It has nothing to do with us. Please do not think that it has anything to do with like, oh, well, that person's really strong. They're really awesome. You know, it's like, no, it's not. God is and he steps in in those situations and he's the one that carries you he's the one that gives you this peace and this joy that would cause you to worship in the mm-hmm. moments of your greatest sorrow amen that doesn't make a lick of sense you know what i mean doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense whatsoever but mm-hmm. it's like that's who our god is and mm-hmm. i and i want so badly for everybody who's listening to this to put their hope in that god who can carry them through any situation
0: yeah, yeah. amen was, you said that perfectly.
1: It's man, what a, what an honor to be able to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. What an honor the, mm-hmm. uh, I want the listeners to be able to get connected with, uh, you guys some more. I know Whitney, you said you're doing some speaking. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you'd probably be open if anybody wanted to, you know, by listening to this, have you come and speak and. Yeah, and share share your story with people. But I know that you guys also were a part of, along with the Van Ryans, correct? Writing a book, you wrote a book called mm-hmm. um,
0: "Mistaken Identity." Yep.
1: Yeah. And so, definitely, if you're listening to this, you want to dive in a little bit deeper into the story, that would be a good resource. You can check that out on on, on com slash podcast and on this particular mm-hmm. podcast page with with Matt and Whitney. But mm-hmm. man, guys, what what a what a fantastic thing! Is there anything that you guys would? mean, you just feel like this that God's put on your heart to share with we've got about last we checked about 50,000 listeners Uh who are listening to this right now maybe even Mm -hmm. more by the time this actually comes out anything that God's just put on your heart that you'd like to share as people are struggling through their own trial their own their own hurt
0: well I would just like everyone who's listening to just hear that like kind of exactly what you just said David. no matter like The trials that we're going through, that the Lord sees that and that He cares so much for Mm. us, that He loves us so much and He doesn't want us to feel that hurt. And by turning to Him, by putting our hope in Him, by giving Him our everything, like that, not that that pain won't be there, but your eyes are just like, your focus is shifted off of yourself onto God and just seeing the bigger picture of everything, I feel like I know he is the only way that we have hope. He's the only answer to life. So that's what got me through my trials. Even today, when I still have problems, um, by keeping my eyes focused on the Lord, I feel like when my eyes start to get off focus, then I start to I start to feel that pain even more. And mm. then I something happens, and I re shift my eyes back onto God, and I feel like that's when the true joy comes out and that's yeah. when like not myself but god comes out mm. and that's when i feel the most life is when i'm living through christ wow so i don't know it's just that's been something like fun for me to learn mm. over the last 12 years i wish i would have known it sooner but mm. it took this trial in my life to to get me there
4: mm. wow so good you know i i feel that you know, I learned so much from obviously this experience. Um, and you know, everybody's got their own experience that's worth sharing. Mm. Um, because you never know what you've been through, even if it seems minute to you is not to somebody else. Mm. And that, um, you know, everyone has different difficulties Mm -hmm. and sharing those difficulties in a community as we've been called to be, um, could affect the person that's sitting quietly in, in the other, you know, in the table next to you Mm -hmm. or in the room as they've, you know, decided just to come over to play games, you know, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you are a disciple of God Mm -hmm. and yeah, nothing that God has ever done in anybody's story, no matter if it's perceived big or small is small to him and it can have a great impact. Mm. Um, so, uh, we may have this crazy story, Davey, you've got a crazy story of redemption, but a story of redemption is just that it's, it's how God has led you through those mm-hmm. moments That's right. and, you know, for for me, you know, just because I went through this, it didn't mean that I didn't have difficulties, more more my own things I had, I had to face, you know, in my military career as I as I went on, and uh, even though I was reminded, I'm continually reminded on how much he loves me, especially from this experience. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder that I always have to get um, yeah. by going back to him and understanding how broken i am as a person and just how he brought me through that time and he'll bring me through my time now yeah. and he'll bring me through my time in the future yeah that's good um and he's always there and no matter how far you try to run from it he will always knock at your door <laughs> so.
1: so good man guys an honor to be able to talk with you thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, and. Um, Man, wish you guys the best as you continue to minister to people through your story.
0: Thanks, Davey. And I just appreciate you even asking us. And mm-hmm. I just want to say that, like, I'm just moved by you and, like, how the presence of the Lord is moving through you. And um, I just feel like how you portray it to so many people mm-hmm. um, through your church, through this podcast is, mm-hmm. like, amazing how the Lord is, like, continuing to work through you, you know? So, I think you're doing it right. You're doing a really good job.
1: Thank you. you. The
0: Lord, the Lord through you. That's right. That's it. That's
1: it. Yeah. That's it. Well, thank you guys. Mm -hmm. It means the world to me. Mm -hmm. We'll catch you guys next time on the nothing is wasted podcast.
2: Man, what an incredible interview with Whitney. I'm so glad she was able to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a really interesting connection that we have with Whitney. We got initially connected, like, through our publisher Mm -hmm. because it's the same publisher, and then lo and behold, our executive pastor, he comes on staff. He's like, I've got this really crazy story that you have to put on the podcast. It's a friend of ours that used to serve in our ministry in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Her name's Whitney Wheeler. And she has just this crazy story about you know car crash and mistaken identity. And I was like, yeah. bro, this is so cool. I love when God does that kind of stuff right. because it's like, I believe for us, that's confirmation of like, okay, God, you're really wanting us to put this story out there so that other people can be impacted. And we hope that that was the case for you today as you're listening to this, that it really impacted you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so if it if it did share the episode, we'd love for you to share that. If you need help in any way, getting connected to a local church in your area, getting connected to counseling in your area, um, just reach out to us, hello at resonateindy.com. We'd love to help you with that. Um, that's our heart. Our heart yeah. is to just really help you as you're hurting, as you're walking through those trials and adversities in your own life.
2: Yeah, definitely. If you are interested in getting connected even more, To Whitney's story. um, I would love to encourage you guys to visit the podcast page at davyblackburn.com slash podcast. Um, This is episode 32, so you can find any information that you might need there, but also um, there is going to be a video linked there, uh, which was an interview that Whitney did for Harvest Bible Chapel. So that's an incredible story. I think it's about 15 minutes long. If you just want um, to hear her story in a different way uh, or or see what she looks like, um, you can see her face there. And then also um, we'll have information information about her book linked there as well.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to Sleeping At Last for providing us the music. Go and download or stream his music anywhere music can be downloaded and streamed. And uh, we just appreciate you guys joining in. Love being a part of this community. We'll catch you next time on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast.